Today is Redemption Day at Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. We are going to celebrate the positive force that is Hootie and the Blowfish by taking a deep dive into their iconic first single. So, why don't you hold our hand as we take you through this song and take you through the band's history. This is Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. So I have a confession to make. I know the name of the podcast is Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, but I am riddled with guilt. Riddled with guilt for what I have done with a band that I once loved and then turned my back on because it was popular to make fun of them. And of course, we're talking about Hootie and the Blowfish, and we're going to be talking specifically about uh, Hold My Hand today. But Back in 94, Hootie and the Blowfish burst onto the scene with their album Cracked Review and were hugely popular. Cracked Review is not only one of the best debut albums of all time, but one of the best selling albums of all time. And then in 96, they released Fairweather Johnson. So Cracked Review has, I think, 26 million copies sold. And then by 96, Fairweather Johnson comes out, 2.3 million copies sold. So the world turned their back on Hootie and the Blowfish, and I was one of those who turned his back on them. I denied liking them. They were a dirty secret to me. I love their music still. I still love their music, but I was not supportive of the band and made fun of them. And for that, I need forgiveness. So Hootie and the Blowfish, if you're listening, we're sorry, and we're going to go from guilty to guilt-free today. Let's go through the history of Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. So they kind of burst on the scene in 94, but they weren't just brand new. They had been playing as a band for eight years. They met and started the band in 86 in South Carolina. And the story goes, Mark Bryan uh, heard Darius Rucker singing in the shower when they were both freshmen at university. So... From there, he said, like, hey, you got the, you have this great voice. So they started a, a band called the Wolf Brothers. And then they, they brought Dean Felber and uh, the original drummer. Give me a second here. I have his name. Uh, Brantley Smith started the band. And then after university, Brantley left the band because he wanted to pursue a career in music ministry. And that's when uh, Jim Sonnefeld came into the band. And Jim Sonnefeld's tryout? Is that what they call it when they're trying? Our audition, I think. That's a better word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he had his audition, he said to them, I write songs too. So Darius Rucker is telling the story at a concert a few years ago. And he's like, oh boy. And they said they spent the whole day kind of with him. 
and they had been drinking beer all day and like, oh boy, here we go. He's He's got a song. And the song that he brought to them was Hold My Hand. Even though it says all four of them wrote it, from what I gather, this is Jim Sonnefeld's song. I think Darius Rucker might have worked on some lyrics as well. I'm not sure. I mean, I like the idea that they gave themselves all writing credit. Yeah. Which, of course, was financially a great thing. Yeah. But Hold My Hand was what the new drummer brought into the band. Yeah. And it's one of those classic stories where you have all these pieces and then you kind of switch up drummers, thinking, of course, that thing you do. And then you or some, the Beatles. Or the, yeah, was it Ringo? Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. So Hold My Hand, which is the song we're going to be talking about today, mm-hmm. was written, I think, probably 89, somewhere 89, around there. Yep, yep. So there's a version of it from 1990. That was released on the Cracked Rear View's 25th anniversary. And there's another version of it on their EP, Coochie... Coochie Pop. Coochie Pop. And then it came out again in Cracked Rear View. So by 1994, a lot of these songs have already existed for four to five years, I yeah. think. I think. I mean, maybe two to five years, but they've been around. Yeah, because uh, Houdini and the Blowfish were huge in the college bar scene in South Carolina. They they all stuck around there. They they played, you know, they're sitting in there going from bar to bar in in uh, in their van and everything. And, you know, just kind of living that musician life uh, until they caught their big break. And caught it, they did. And it was tricky because they were denied the South by Southwest entry. They were never allowed in from what I can gather when they were trying out, they have these rejection letters from like Geffen Records, people saying, well, the criticism was, this is the type of music people don't want nowadays. So yeah. there, that was there. So this sort of music from our early 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this big transition where suddenly it got darker. Yeah. But this music existed. So I, I feel like we've talked before about this where... There's this sort of dark cloud we act as though uh, existed in those early 90s, this feeling of dread, existential crisis. But the truth yeah. is, who in the Blowfish was out there playing? Someone's listening to country music nonstop on the radio, too. So there's other stories going on. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, there isn't that, uh, like you say, it isn't doom and gloom with the with their music. It's, it's called like middle of the road rock or like safe rock or whatever. It's happy. It's positive. And I think that's what we needed at that point. Clearly, the U.S. craved it because it was the number one Billboard album. Now, a rock album going to number one for the year still is kind of a rare thing. Yeah. But it, it had that Heartland feel to it. Yes. It had the positive vibes we wanted. And everyone was listening to it. And, you know, I know you feel bad about turning your back on them, but you weren't the only person who owned the album. But amongst our friends, you were the only one who was willing to say you had it. Yeah. I had already established myself as being a huge Toe the Wet Sprocket fan, and I still am. And then bringing Hootie and the Blowfish into the into the mix as well. I was concerned about being that guy that just liked bands with ridiculous names. And I was doing my best to try to prove that I really liked early genesis <laughs> so i'd already staked my claim in prog rock even though it's deep down i just want to listen to phil collins all day yeah 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 and i know that this is probably common knowledge but i think it it bears repeating the name hootie and the blowfish doesn't refer to anyone in the band 
No. Everyone thought that Darius Rucker was Hootie and the band was the Blowfish. Right. And they have a whole sketch on Key and Peele about this. Oh, do they? Oh, okay. It's, it's okay. But it's the idea that he's not Hootie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's right. And that is the thing. Darius Rucker says, oh, man, now that they're touring again, he keeps being called Hootie. Oh, so But it was Darius Rucker who describes himself as a bit of a... Was he, he says, I'm a nice guy, but I can be a bit of a jerk sometimes. And I would give these nicknames to people. Yeah. Sometimes they weren't the kindest nicknames. So he called one guy Hootie. Yeah, because he had big eyes and looked like an owl. Right. And then another guy came out with like, I don't, I'm guessing he had facial features that made him look like a blowfish. Yeah, maybe so like he, Dizzy Gillespie cheeks or yeah, something like so that. So he but, called one of the guys Hootie and one of the guys Blowfish. And then he turned and said, why don't we just call ourselves Hootie and the Blowfish to whoever was in the band at that moment? Yeah. But we've always thought Blowfish was plural. It turns out there was a guy named Blowfish and a guy named Hootie. According to Darius Rocker, I don't know how these two guys feel about it. Yeah. But that was it. And then, the, it, like so many other things, like Toad the Wet Sprocket, they said, well, we put that in as a joke because they're in a battle of the bands or whatever, right? Yeah. And then it never left. It just stuck, yeah. And this is the same thing. Well, we're going to live. Well, I mean, the great thing is for search engine optimization, you type in Hootie, there's not too much that comes up that outside comes up, yeah, exactly. of this band. Yeah. So... This brings us to, well, we've already talked about it. Cracked Rearview is their debut album. They've had several EPs already that sold well. I think Coochie Pop sold like 50,000 copies or something. And so they are wise enough to have already formed a corporation, Hootie the Blowfish, and they had a like an office in, I think it's South Carolina or wherever they were. They yeah. they already have it and they still have that office. Oh, do they? But they oh, set, cool. yeah, they set up a corporation and put in their own like insurance and stuff. So they were made sure they were paid all the time. And they were wise enough by the time that they hit it big, they were 29, I think. Yeah, they were late 20s yeah. uh, by the time everything sort of panned out for them. Yeah, so that kind of gave them career longevity, even though... They seem to be a flash in the pan in terms of, uh, I don't know, pop zeitgeist moment or whatever. Yeah. And like the, I, I don't think they were ever cool necessarily, but they were popular. Yeah. And Darius Rucker even said himself, they knew that things were going great for them. Mm-hmm. But deep down, he said they knew they weren't great. You get the feeling that there's no huge egos with that. Yeah. With the band. Yeah, exactly. And they, they didn't have that. And they're all buddies and they stayed together. Mm-hmm. Interesting side note trivia. The band members have had marriages and divorces, all of them, right? Because that's just life in, in this industry. I talk as though I know all about this yeah. industry. So drummer. <laughs> well, your wife's in the industry. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. The drummer, Barry Sonnefeld, gets divorced. And in 2008... He marries Mark Bryan's ex-wife. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, geez. And they all are still buddies. So oh, that, wow. this worked out. So okay. Well, that's a bit of that. random trivia for you there. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. You got to have a strong friendship for that to happen. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they never look at each other in interviews and they don't speak. And uh, it's, it's like Johnny and Joey Ramone all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I made up the don't speak part. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure they're friends, but they still work together as a corporate unit. <laughs> All right. So, Cracked Rear View, this is the album you lent me in 1994. Yeah. Right? So, I, I borrowed it from you. And back then, I mean, CDs were so expensive. Did you create a tape? Did you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there's something so comforting in Darius Rucker's voice. It's that that baritone it feels familiar and it feels comfortable and it feels safe. 
And it has all these sort of elements all baked into it. So you have this rock and roll heartland feel, mm-hmm. but you have a soul feel in yeah. there. And then you also have a country feel. Yes. And that's all mixing into like, well, basically all the modes of popular American music, all in one voice. Yeah. And and it crossed so many genres, which is probably why Cracked Review did as good as it did. It spoke to so many different people. Darius Rucker said that to him, Hold My Hand is a protest song. And he said, for me, okay. the song was always about racism, which I never thought of. No. I And... um. We talked about this a little bit before some of the misheard lyrics. I thought it was more of a, like a, a romantic type of song, almost going back to like that early 60s, that kind of like, I want to hold your hand, like that kind of a feel. And then uh, I, I just misheard some lyrics while while I was listening to it when I was younger and uh, thought it was more about romance, but it, it's about the way I understood it now, rereading the lyrics, it, it's about like pulling people up and building them up and supporting people and being there for them. The harmonies, particularly in the chorus, it just, it helps to uh, push through that theme of what hold my hand, what that resembles. Yeah. You always use that word. (laughs) That drives me insane. (laughs) All right. So this song has three iterations to it. Yes. So there's this one, which is the one we all know, Mm -hmm. but there was two earlier versions. So the neat thing is hearing its development as it went, but neater still is it wasn't really developed. It was already there in 1990. I read somewhere where they said 95% of the sound was already on those EPs, and you can hear it. Every part of it has already been worked together by them. So the producer of this is Don Gaiman, yep. who also worked with Mellencamp and R.E.M. Yes. in the past. And so they thought it was a good fit. And it was. And he did bring some things out there. Like he just pushed certain sounds out there. You could hear the bass much better. There's a clarity and there's way more power in the chorus, which is what makes the song what it is to me. Yeah. But they already had it there. So it's kind of neat that this band knew what they were and worked towards it. It wasn't as though they were created by a producer. Yeah, the the producer just took what was already there and just sort of fine-tuned it a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the song. Yeah, song analysis. What I like, it starts off with that nice, clean acoustic guitar strum. And it starts off with the opening line, with a little love and some tenderness. We'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mess. With a little peace and some harmony, we'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand. With a little love 
Now, that in itself is something worth looking over, why this band is so popular. So, with a little love and some tenderness kind of brings back some of those peace and love 60s stuff. Yeah. We'll walk upon the water brings in the gospel. Yeah. Right? We'll rise above the mess with a little peace and some harmony. And so, you have this sort of all of us are together. Yeah. When I heard this originally, I just thought it was a love song because I have the Beatles, I want to hold your hand in my head. Yep. That's all I think it's about. But as I'm looking at it now, the gospel throwback lines make it feel a much bigger thing, that there's something much more powerful going on. And that leads, of course, to the pre-chorus almost, or tease pre-chorus. Yeah. Because I've got a hand for you because I want to run with you. I just love the notion that it's holding someone's hand and then running with them. Yeah. So you're kind of taking them somewhere. You're either taking them away from something or... You're running towards towards something. something. Yeah. And I think in this song is both. But, and it's also, you're helping them to get there. It's like, it paints this beautiful picture in my mind anyways. Yeah. Of like, there's an excitement behind it too. Because like, you're dragging someone's like, I got like, no, 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 no. You got to come here. This is super exciting. Come with me. So you have uh, the next verse, or I don't know. I, but we'll call it a verse. Yeah, we'll call it a verse. Yesterday, I saw you standing there. Of course, we don't think it's yesterday. What do we think? Um, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, so there's music. That, that yeah. was the other, in the in the first verse, it was um, when he says, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the the mess. I was. I mean, it's just a, a slight change, but... Well, I thought it was, we'll rise above the mist. Same with me, because I thought it matched the water. Yeah. But the mess is is better. But I but th- this is the same, I'm realizing now other lyrics. So yesterday, I saw you standing there. Your head was down. Your eyes were red. No comb had touched your hair. I said, get up and let me see you smile. We'll take a walk together. Walk the road a while. Cause. But, well, cause as in not cousin as in because. Yeah. That line there, the idea of finding somebody who is down in the dumps. Now, just off the top of my head, just thinking about this, how about this for a reading? You're sitting down. You're ready for this? I'm sitting down, yeah. This is Hootie and the Blowfish talking to 1990s music. Oh, what do you think? They're oh, looking wow. at the grunge movement. Yeah. They're looking at the people just sitting there with their red eyes. They're all upset. Yeah. And this is the band coming to us and saying... The band is saving the world. Yeah, because we didn't comb our hair. Take a look at all those grunge people. They didn't comb their hair. Yeah. And he says, get up. Let me see you smile. Yeah. I love that because like no one was smiling. Yeah. It wasn't a thing. And th- he's going to 
take us on a walk. We're walking together, walk down that road. And that's, of course, these classic Southern songs. Beautiful pictures of this sort of harmony, hospitality. Let's get together. And you can see that they're walking walking down a country road. There's like 100-year-old trees lining the street and everything. And it's just... It's just a simpler time. So here we go. Now we're headed into it. I've got a hand for you. I want to run with you. We've heard that before. And then it goes in that chorus. Hold my hand. I want you to hold my hand. Hold my hand. I'll take you to a place where you can be anything you want to be. Because I want to love you the best that, the best that I can. I'm getting goosebumpy and and I'm I'm getting teary eyed right now. This is so beautiful. Yeah. This is so so beautiful. And then, like I said, Darius Rucker's voice is just so comforting and 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 accepting. Yeah. It is. Oh my goodness! Why did I ever turn my backs on these guys? Listener, uh, Frank's actually crying. <laughs> you <laughs> <I> are. <might> be. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't take a break here. Yeah. No. It, it's just. Oh. Like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? My 20s were wasted. Here's the thing. Listening to the lyrics of this song, Hootie the Blowfish is not going to deny you entrance into Hootie Halla. <laughs> <laughs> You're still going to be able to walk there with oh, them. Oh, no. And Darius so, Rucker's going to take me by the hand. He's going to take gonna you by the hand. run with me to all yeah. the fun and cool things. He's not going to judge you. No. It's okay. Oh, man. Such a beautiful song. Oh, I love this song. All right, let's work through some more of these lyrics because I think this is pretty rewarding. See, I was wasted and I was wasting time till I thought about your problems. I thought about your crimes. Now, I didn't think it was crimes. I thought it was crap. I thought about your crap. I heard crimes. Okay, all right. So I thought it was tongue crap, but crimes crimes is odd to me. So see, I was wasted, I was wasting time. Thought about your problems, thought about your crimes. Then I stood up and then I screamed aloud, I don't want to be part of your problems. Don't want to be part of your crowd. That this this is the verse where it did throw me a bit mm-hmm. thinking about okay this isn't just hey let's hold hands and we'll be okay because when Darius Rucker says he's thinking racism mm-hmm. I'm trying to wonder if he's thinking about maybe American history or something about the I don't know if he's thinking about your the crimes that's been done in the name of you know segregation or what slavery all these sorts of things mm-hmm. where he's now there. I don't know. I I feel like when I was reading it, he's screaming and he's saying, I don't want to be part of this problem. Yeah. And then he's going to grab the hand and take them away. Yeah, that's that's the way I read it. Because like you can read it one way 
saying like he's just he's getting out of there but my understanding is he's getting out of there but he's taking his friend with him yeah he's escaping but with with yeah so he is in a sense saving people yeah but this sort of notion that you could pull someone out of whatever garbage oh, the they're in the mire yeah. and the crap that they're dealing with and and all that and yeah he's being that good friend yeah so what this song is saying is you can be redeemed yes and that's what we need to hear in the 90s there was so much at least the early 90s that sort of music was like well to quote a nirvana song that was a joke but still it was called i hate myself i want to die yeah but this is hooting the blowfish saying no 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 come on up yeah and telling you who you are right you know coma touched your hair i'll show you yeah what a good shampoo and conditioner yeah. can do and i just want to see you smile yeah <laughs> yeah wow and that comes back to that song you dance to oh when i see you smile yeah, this yeah, is yeah all that was an early together. 90s song too yeah well that stuff got destroyed with the grunge movement and all this but it wasn't able to destroy some peace and harmony yeah and considering that like Hootie and the Blowfish, they came like from the mid '80s. That's when they they started off '86, I think it was. Yeah. So you know they're putting in their time and they're this fun bar band and everything, and they have this popularity. But then they're they're kind of watching, like you said, they 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 got um, rejection letters saying this isn't the music that people want to listen to right now. Well, obviously it was because it sold as huge as it was. But watching that huge cultural shift in terms of the the music style and what was uh, popular for uh, about two years, but just persisting on. Mm-hmm. They and held each is, other's hands and they got themselves they got through there. all that. And that leads to our little switch up in that next chorus that kind of takes us through to the end mm-hmm. where they talk about what he talks about having hand free and all that stuff, but says, hold my hand want you to hold my hand. This is a background. I guess I could read this without the background vocals. Yeah. Let me try that again. But the background vocals before we, you you go any further, yeah. the harmonies and the oh singing, it, it rounds Perfect. everything out so well. And David Crosby sang harmonies on this for the choruses. And this is what makes the big difference between the early versions and this is that chorus, the sound of the voices pushing it forward is yeah. strong. And if you listen closely... You can hear David Crosby because there's that Crosby, Stills, Nash sound. Yeah, at least one third of it. Yeah, <laughs> moving in there, and I, and I can almost kind of perceive that vocal pushing. Yeah, the song up to the heights. Well, it really does help that chorus pop. Oh yeah, and so in that chorus, instead of saying "I'll take you to the place where you can be," it changes to "I'll take you to the promised land." Capital P capital L. Yeah. So you have two things. One is, of course, classic gospel language. Yeah. But also promised land is language of uh, the abolitionist movement. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't unsee this now, especially after Darius Rucker saying he always felt it was a protest song. Yeah. So whatever he's looking at there in there, whatever Jim Sonfeld was also thinking when he wrote it, I'm curious what the original version was and what the drummer brought to the band and then what the band did with it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the song isn't what it is without that guitar bridge, right? Yes. The song isn't what it is without that sort of moving bass line that you can really hear in this version. So I do like that they're all four uh, credited songwriters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
the video for this, we'll come back to, I, we're going to come back to the song. Yeah. But why has Jim got to be the only one with his shirt off though? It was very odd yeah. why he's shirtless. <laughs> At one point I wondered if he had any clothes on. Like, oh good, he's got, he's got like cargo shorts on or something. Flesh colored cargo shorts or whatever. Well, we were introduced to a band who dresses like, I mean, they dress like they're going to a university party, yeah. but also pretty close to someone who's dressing like they're about to go play 18 holes of golf yeah oh and hooting the blow the huge golf fans yeah all of them i think part of the blowback against them was this felt like pga rock to yeah some, to some extent yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the video has all these sort of images of people together yeah there's at one point that the, there does seem to be like this sort of group of friends together having a pack but then there's a moment where there's a guy reading the newspaper and kids are running around him mm-hmm. but he never seems to get up and change his mind then there's another thing where a whole bunch of people are together in a circle running around but i'm looking for the guy who's sitting there reading the paper and he doesn't seem to be there so i don't know what the subtext is of it yeah although the band didn't look like they're having a good time. And yeah. Jim Sonnenfeld has a smile that... Uh, it's such a goofy smile. Yeah. They're all goofy guys. Yeah. It's a lot of Care Bears smiles. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, quite yeah. Care Bears stares, but they, yeah. they, uh, I think they get a lot of joy. I think they're just so pumped. They're just like, we are recording a music video right now. We have made it. This is so exciting. Now that we talked about music video, I want to get that out of the way. Yeah. What's your favorite part of this song? Well, it's it's tough. Um, I, I know it's it's cliche for me to say, but it's the choruses. It's the harmonies in the chorus. It just really moves everything the way that it needs to go. Second, there's that great uh, guitar bridge, which right. which I really love. But yeah, like, because I got a hand for you. I got a hand for you. And, and it's all like everyone singing together. And then the like hold my hand and then Darius Rucker punches through with with his lyrics and everything and it's just it just comes together so nicely yeah and that's mine too oh Uh, that when they sing hold my hand well you can't have that that's mine I know you took it yeah (laughs) I was like that bridge felt so familiar to the guitar bridge is like oh this is classic 90s bridge but uh, yeah I think we're in agreement that that chorus is yeah the the thing that's where it's at and it's a long song it's four and a half minutes yeah and then other versions are about five minutes or so and but it doesn't feel long no it doesn't feel long listening to it yeah but uh you're right though like the lyrically it paints this great picture and the way that it's sung you can feel it you can feel and you can see in your head exactly what they're they're singing like it's just i don't know it's a great song yeah I am sorry. I am so sorry I turned my backs on you guys. Well, you're here to stay now. Did you watch that early Letterman performance? I, I remember seeing it, um, uh, videos of it after um, after they they had been on there. But and I'd seen them again when they returned to because they returned a, a few times yeah. to, to Letterman. So the first time they played "Hold My Hand," there, like you could sense sort of nerves. Like Darius Rucker yeah. is not as loose; mm-hmm. like he's a bit restrained. But what was going on? was Paul Schaefer's whole backing band was in on the chorus. 
and they're playing along. Oh, really? So even though the band isn't totally tight in the performance, but they have the support of Schaefer's band. And it is pretty cool to see. And I know Letterman likes the name Hooting the Blowfish, but you could see he really liked the album and he was yeah. pushing. There's certain things he pushes and that was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Letterman likes you, he he really lets you know. And this is like a bit over the top, but I'm going to read it because Darius Rucker mentioned it when they, in this interview. There's the whole thing about the hatred of Hooting the Blowfish. Yeah. One thing, he said a couple things. One thing he said is, people hate us because we don't write songs about how much we hate our parents or how much school sucked. <laughs> and then he also talked about the Letterman thing. And he said, this is the day grunge ended. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he's wrong, though. (laughs) We had just gone through three or four years of record sales not being that good and grunge being the big thing on the radio. And then all of a sudden we're saying, hold my hand. You know, these great little hooks that were undeniable. and People wanted to hear that. They wanted to hear it again and again. And he's not wrong. I think people needed something positive. After, like like we said, the, the doom and gloom of, of the early early 90s rock. I found something even more positive than <laughs> the song. And I can say it this way because mm-hmm. it's still the song. Okay. But it's on Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. It was one of the best appearances yeah. of a band that I've seen. Yeah. And so they're there with the Muffets and it's about crossing the street. Yeah. It was so good. And so Elmo's there and Darius Rucker takes Elmo by the hand to help him cross the street. And yeah. that's so good. The lyrics are set up to be about waiting for an adult you trust to help you yeah. cross the street. <laughs> and awesome. it was beautiful, positive, and the band is all in. Yesterday, I saw Elmo standing there. He was all alone. He couldn't cross. He wasn't going anywhere. I said, come on, let me see you smile. We'll take a walk together, cross the road a while. Cause I am here for you. I am here for you. Yeah. I will cross with you. You can't go through life with a band named Hootie and the Blowfish and take yourself too, too seriously. Yeah. I think they understood, and which is why they probably set up that corporation. They they probably knew it's like, okay, this might like this might be our only shot. So like, let's make sure that we capitalize on it. And you get the feeling that I, I can't remember if I said this or not, but there, there's not really a, a big ego with the band. You don't get the feeling that they lived that quote unquote rock and roll lifestyle. They certainly didn't before, yeah. But afterwards, each of them sort of. Um, had their struggles from the south. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they never did heroin. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but there was uh, just reading interviews with like they, there was some they partied crazy, pretty good. Yeah. Well, they were a party band to begin with, right? And so I guess coming into this scene, they, I yeah. think they found their way. They found their 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 back on their feet, so yeah. to speak, and things are going well for them. Yeah. I mean, so it's neat. You can kind of read up on the histories of each, mm-hmm. and they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Darius Rucker has that amazing country career right now, too. It's crazy. It's I remember bonkers. when he, Yeah. We talked about him earlier for the Lionel Richie episode. Yeah. His duet with Lionel Richie is bananas. Is Yeah. It's crazy good. Can we put a, a little clip of it here? Well, we got to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
All right, well, um, I think we got some categories we could talk about. Yeah. Michael Bolton. Okay, I'm going to say no, and there's reason because of that. Okay. The opening line is, with a little love and some tenderness, I think he would get confused and just sing Time, Love, and Tenderness. I didn't think of that. That's good. (laughs) I would love to see... Um, Darius Rucker, Michael Bolton duet, a la Lionel Richie, Darius oh, Rucker yeah. duet. So I would like a thing where it's the Darius Rucker duets album, yeah, and Michael Bolton comes out to sing "Hold My Hand." That would be fantastic, as long as he's singing. He's not singing "Time, Love, and Tenderness." Yeah, I think you'd have to have people feeding lines, also restraining Michael Bolton when he wants to go full Bolton. He's good. They have to control him. They'll have has, has like a shock collar or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking of a series of pulleys and ropes, but yeah, you went more... Um, you were weekend at Bernie's. I was more... Uh, running man. Running man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Hallmark movie. I have written down here Hallmark Pure Flix movie because I think this would make a great Christian movie. There, yeah, and there because there's no real romance about the, no. with the song. It's all about like building each other up and being like there for each other the idea of that redemption is so much what i want life to be that that someone could come along and help out somebody else this is what the song is about it's not the self-actualization of the person singing in terms of i'm gonna find myself and get there yeah they might be. They might find themselves in the act of their charity yeah. towards their fellow human. Yeah. But but all they're doing is they're looking out for their fellow human. Yeah. It's not a self-serving thing. And so that really does feel like the band because they are always seen as collective. There's never a sense that I could see that they hated each other yeah. or that Darius Rucker was going to go on his own, even though he did, but it was amicably. Well, and they said, they said like, no, we never broke up. We were on hiatus. Yeah. So in in 2008 was when Darius Rucker left to do his uh his solo career, but they're back together and they're they're touring and they're releasing albums and stuff like that and he said like no no like we're always hooting the blowfish. We're always going to be us. The great thing is the sort of vindication of time when that mm-hmm. 25th anniversary of Cracked Review finally came out like 2019. Yeah. Their tour was sold out. Yes. And so, I mean, it was like the number one tour, I think, yeah. of 2019. And, of course, it's, it coincides with that article. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'd fully talked about it, but you read this article in Esquire magazine, which was titled, what's the title of it? How Our Cruelty Killed Hootie and the Blowfish and Damaged Our Souls. And then the the byline is, we need forgiveness for what we did in 1996. And this is what brought up a lot of guilt and 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 pain for me realizing just like I have not atoned for my sins. But 2019 ended up being a year that was amazing for Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes. And the, the article is kind of funny reading it because they're like, 2018 was such a bad year. Yeah. We got to find ourselves again. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you have no idea what's on yeah. the horizon here. Yeah. And he may even met, it might have been, he's like, this being January 6th, he mentioned somewhere, he's like, oh, you have no idea what January 6th is going to mean in the future too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we have like, COVID is just about to come. Right, COVID nineteen comes towards the end of that year, and it doesn't really hit North America till maybe March, yeah, twenty twenty. And now we're in twenty twenty three now, and oh my goodness, so much has changed since then. Where this guy had no idea where we were headed. 
we'll, we'll put a link to the article it's in, great in the article. show notes. Fantastic article. <laughs> and he, he takes a lot of pot shots at, at other, um, other artists that like we give these guys a pass, but we dump on Hootie and the Blowfish and he's calling out like deep blue something. And I know Bill, you love breakfast at Tiffany's, right? That's one of your favorite songs. Uh, yeah, Frank. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think I've ever seen Bill shoot daggers at yeah, me before. Yeah. We don't talk about that song. But then, like, Dishwalla. D- Dishwalla, uh, Dave Matthews Band, Counting Crows, talking yeah. about all these bands, just like, why do these guys get a pass? But we dump on Hootie. Yeah. But yeah, there is something to be said about where this music fits in within yeah. the 90s. That's a good call. Like, yeah, bands were able to survive and be given passes but yeah. not this yeah well that leads to the mixtape doesn't it yeah you go first okay i got a kind of long mixtape okay do I have, you i it could be long <laughs> okay i have a feeling we are going to cross over a lot okay here. i'll let you go first okay well here are the songs i i wanted to cut it down but that just wasn't happening because there's so many types of songs i wanted to put in here so here we go what I picked were bands from the 90s that were sort of given a dismissal by the wider culture in the end. Okay. Like they they might have been popular, but then they were cast aside, especially okay. by critics. Okay. Is that crossing into your territory at all? No, no, oh, no. Oh, good. I've, okay. I've, I've, mine is very, very superficial. Okay. So here we go. All right. Enid by the Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. Roll to me. Delamitri. That's a great song. It is. I really love I know. that song. And I'm not sure if people hate Delamitri because I'm like, I don't, but it has that same happy feel. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Enid is goofy happy feel. Yes. And Bare Nickley's toured with Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes. Yep. Favorite of yours here, The Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Slide. This <laughs> is so positive. I go back to them. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. It's okay. Two Princes, Spin Doctors. Yeah. Uh, Run around, blues traveler. Oh yes, <laughs> flood jars of clay. I think I had all of those albums. Next one for sure, you'd have Toad the Wet Sprocket, Nightingale song. Oh I yeah, a beautiful just, song. A beautiful song. And then I end it with "Found Out About You" by Gin Blossoms. Oh okay. So I went. Uh, <laughs> I went so superficial with my songs that have body parts in the title okay. all right here we go so this is my head and shoulders knees and toes uh mixtape great put your head on my shoulder paul Ainka. betty davis eyes kim carnes when i'm back on my feet again by michael bolton footloose kenny loggins in your arms a while by josh ritter i just died in your arms tonight cutting crew Wow. Yeah. It was definitely... And then we are ending it with Hands by Jewel. Uh, <laughs> oh, that just... You know, <laughs> I, you know, I should have seen that coming. And I, I, how could you not? I know. And as soon as I saw that you were gonna, you're still speaking, I'm like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I can't say Hands doesn't fit. Are you giving us Christmas Hands or the original? No, the original. All right. And I can't say that's better. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's the same song. It's the same just song. No jingle bells. All right. Well, I guess I get that for the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. I like Slide. I like that song. Uh, you can like it. I like hands. All right. There's another song called Hold My Hand. 
by Lady Gaga. That's right. Yeah. The Top Gun soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good tune. So I I was gonna have a category greatest hold my hand song, but I'm like okay. that's we're not all about that. And this yeah. leads to Garth Brooks at the American Music Awards. American Music Awards had the following um, nominations for Artist of the Year, mm-hmm. and it was Hootie the Blowfish, Green Day, Boys to Men, Boys to Men, TLC, mm-hmm. Garth Brooks. Yeah, Garth Brooks wins. Now American Music Awards is a bit different. It's based on sales and votes i think yes so garth brooks wins and he says i can't accept this award because when we choose one artist over another we're all diminished or something like that yeah he was really very diplomatic about it he's saying, yes. basically saying he didn't deserve it yeah and then he left it and so i had thought i had read that he'd actually mentioned hooting the blowfish but it might have come up in interviews later where he said hooting the blowfish sold the most this is clearly the band everyone loves yeah so that's why we're not picking Lady Gaga versus Hootie the Blowfish. Garth Brooks wouldn't want that. Yeah, exactly. So Darius Rucker is hanging out with Garth Brooks. Bit of a side note here, but it all comes together. Yeah. And Garth Brooks said, do you ever wonder what happened to that award I left on the podium? And Darius Rucker said, well, what happened to it? He goes, yeah, it's on my mantle at home. <laughs> so he took it? He took it. <laughs> I love Garth That's Brooks. Awesome. That's so great. So just for that, I think uh, maybe someday we'll get to uh, Friends in Low Places. Yeah. There's a whole genre that we really haven't gotten into. Yeah. And that, that's country music. That's yeah. really not been in our wheelhouse. But no. it's obviously in Darius Rucker's wheelhouse. Yeah. I'm open to going there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Same here. We've gone on quite a journey here, Frank. Yeah, and I feel a little bit, I won't say redeemed, but I I feel it's good to get this weight off my soul and admit that I was wrong and apologize to Hootie and the Blowfish that I was one of the many that turned their backs on them. So, fellow listeners, you may be feeling the same way too, right? You may be feeling that you turned your back on Hootie but Hootie is back, and so are the blowfish, <laughs> and things are okay. So I want you to picture yourself maybe as Frank, and the band comes walking by. And today, they see Frank standing there. His head is down. His eyes are red. He's admitted that he's turned his back on the band. And you know what they're going to say to you, Frank, and to you listeners? Get up. Let me see you smile. We're going to walk together. We're going to walk the road a while because we all got hands for you. I can't wait for that day to happen. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures.